Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode on a podcast in um, a series Autistic Assemble um, and today uh, I'm joined with Olivia and um, Olivia has autism and we're going to be speaking about autism today and then we, we might speak about a few other things as well that it, it involves around it as well so it's going to be really cool to speak to Olivia today and it, it, it's quite funny because when this episode goes out it won't be Red Nose Day but today it is Red Nose Day when we're recording it, so it's quite cool. A good time to record it. Um, but Olivia, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Hello, yeah, thanks for having me, Mason. So um, I'm Olivia and I'm autistic and I was diagnosed two years ago. So I'm 27, I was diagnosed at 25. And yeah, I've just been like learning to navigate life as a late diagnosed autistic woman, really. Yeah, like, like like you say, it's not not long ago, um, two years. No, yeah, it's been quite a journey, I think. Yeah, time flies, though, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, literally, it has changed my life. I think definitely for for the better as well. Like, it really has. Like, I understand myself a lot more, and I look back on like situations and experiences that I've had with a new outlook, and I can see things from a different perspective now and see that like things weren't my fault like I thought they were like it's not my fault like things that I have experienced yeah it's always good to well wherever you get diagnosed I think of um autism it's, it's good to have because it can help you in certain situations or like like you say you you realize maybe why you do mm-hmm. certain stuff certain way yeah I feel like it's definitely helped me um, in the workplace. I've learned to advocate for my needs a lot more, like confidently, because I have um, an Instagram page and I talk about my experiences as a late diagnosed autistic woman and I share a lot on that. And from having an Instagram page and connecting with other autistic and neurodivergent individuals I've learned how to advocate for my needs and how to say like well this works for me and this doesn't work for me and I've learned to do that and before I don't think I would have had that confidence so like it does help like in that sense as well yeah I think it takes courage to even create like a like a, a page to talk about it uh takes a bit of time um to do that kind of stuff because um you probably don't know. You might you have friends on there, but some people maybe follow you. You may not know everyone. Um, so it, it's it's hard, isn't it? Like it, like you may feel you get uh what people are gonna say, but um, hopefully you've had a good experience, like with with, with starting that and 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 sharing your journey with, with autism. Yeah, I think like it is quite daunting on Instagram because if you think about it, you are sharing your experiences with the world as per se <laughs> but at the same time you do make good connections on that and yeah I'm not gonna lie like sometimes there are like ableist people on there who comment like you don't look autistic or like how can you be autistic when you do this and things like that but I feel like it is um important to like educate people and share these experiences so people can understand that autism doesn't have a certain look and you know yes there are people who look like me he can be autistic and yes like not every autistic person is the same and it just opens that dialogue I think especially for people to understand that you know 
autism is a spectrum and it's not less autistic and more autistic it's like a spectrum that's circular and you have like different needs and sensory needs and your support needs can often change depending on situations that you're in and how you're feeling and just yeah it can just vary a lot so I think it is important to get that dialogue out there for people to understand what autism is and how it like can present in individuals yeah I think it's I think it's great like the amount of people like, I see on there um doing all this great work like with spreading the word out what autism is to them um because like you say everyone's different like like we're not all going to be the same um which is good yeah. I, I would say it's good because we don't want to be the same do we <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it would be boring if everyone was the same <laughs> yeah so we know we would know what we were going to say wouldn't we so <laughs> that'd be funny um but it, it's it, it's good. I think Instagram has been a good tool to talk about your story and share it. And because autism could, I always say, autism could be a lesson, really, couldn't it? Because of how much you can talk about within it. Yeah, definitely. I think as well, like recently with the BBC, they've covered, you know, they've done quite a few documentaries about autism, like Christy McGuinness's one that was on the other night, and the Chris Packing one, which is really good. Um, and it's just about getting the public and other people to, you know, have an understanding around autism because for years there's been, well, like, people have only thought that cis white males can be autistic, like Sheldon Cooper, and now it's, like, open dialogue, like, you know, um, autism doesn't have a look like there's a lot of people who are autistic and who are undiagnosed. Mm. And, um, yeah, I just think it's great that, that like, autism awareness is out there as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's great and like like um like we, I did watch the, the Christine one um the other day actually um probably I, I watched it like I think at, like eleven o'clock at night um <laughs> um and it, yeah I, I, I what I liked about it was because like like with females and autism is like it's much harder to get diagnosed and like spoke to females um she did and I think it I think I think that that was great that that I think because I I I do think between males and females and um I do think there should be a different kind of diagnosis maybe process between between the two um because like it's, it's different isn't it like females and males experience it experience the diagnosis and and autism in a different way so I, I I do think there should be maybe a different process between yeah I think like also um like females do tend to like mask more not always but I also feel like males may mask as well yeah. um so I feel like they can like males can mask um but it's just and it's not always that sometimes but yeah I think it is interesting if you look at how I forgot what I was gonna say now sorry it's a brain fog but um, yeah I forgot what I was gonna say but um, kind of hopefully got the gist but yeah yeah I, 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 I know what you mean and I just completely understand brain fog because I get that sometimes as well it's, it's, it's annoying isn't it like you think you're talking about something you think of it and then it's completely gone yeah, it's like completely gone. 
it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, but I, I completely get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, like, um, like the thing with like, uh, like, like you talk about like jobs and stuff. Um, and like applying for things, and it could, it might even be one of the autism shows that have been on recently. Um, it might have been the, the Chris Packer one, which I did think was really good. Um, but um, like I know a few people, and like myself included, who like applied for it. Um, like last year, like the um autistic mind show, and um, yeah, I think like with like with with responses. I guess from not getting picked because you may feel like like you're not maybe autistic enough not to get picked to go on the show. Um, I feel um what happened. And um you got like you, you got the email and then it, like it, it it is quite sad sometimes. Like maybe not just that, maybe it's just like a job in general, but um within it, mm. like I think it was really good. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I think maybe like they may with within the process of the application that was there, I think maybe they should maybe be a bit more clearer with maybe saying that they were only gonna pick people that who were who were masking and were needed to speak about their masking to their family members because that's what most of them did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um most of them masked and um it would have been nice to cover more about maybe their personal stories as well. I felt when I watched it, uh, because um, you we got a little bit about them, but not the full of it. Or even yeah, because, because there's so many autistic people in the world, isn't there? And um, they only put four, and it could have been longer, perhaps, or even what probably would have been better um, to cause less. I got maybe um maybe just done Chris Parkham done it on his own, perhaps maybe um because it would have caused maybe less um I don't know uh, an annoyance I guess because we've just picking four like I I say that for anything Olivia like <laughs> where do they get the four from why do they pick them four over other yeah ones? like why them not us even though they were really good but. I always wonder when everyone, when anyone posts or anything, if it's an autism show or it's a workplace, why did I pick someone else over someone else? I, I, I always wonder that sometimes. I feel like sometimes it's like we like to know why, don't we, and explore why. But I agree with the documentary. I did enjoy it myself, but I felt like they could have explored a lot more areas and um, gone into depth, like you said. It would have. It would be great if they could revisit those people that they featured again or even do it again with new people as well yeah. um so that would be good something that they could hopefully look into doing that would be great to see it, it definitely like, would definitely would I think two episodes is not enough is it um because it, it was two episodes and um they didn't say anything at the end if it was going to be on again but like I think it's, that it's a massive improvement to other, other shows of uh, autism over the years I think I I think it's better than some, um. But but yeah, I think with like, I think the responses like the standard response that you'd get is uh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you haven't been um successful because of hundreds of people who applied, um, and I did apply for like another. They're, they're, at the start of the year, there 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 was this autism show, um. It was like a did it was like an online thing, 
where I think um you would like apply and, and get paid for talking about autism or something. And then oh, I, right. I think um I forgot what it's called actually. Um and I, it, it, it's funny because we talk about brain fog and I got an email about it the other day and I think what's this? What's this? Like um because I I I I I I had to process in my mind what did I apply for? And then they I get this email and I sent I sent it in January and then we're not we're not that far from April. Um no, I, I I processed what it was, and I said, "Oh, okay." Now I wasn't actually that bothered at that point because I forgot about it. But then the, the yeah. more the, the more I looked into it, I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, uh, and and then you kind of think, whenever you, I'm, I'm not, I don't accept you. You kind of feel like it's their loss, and really, um, but it's always sad, like with these autism autism shows. But it's good we get them. It's good that they're doing that now because that we haven't had that like good ones really in a while no I think it's great to have that representation of actually autistic people in the media as well I think it's really good to see and I do hope it opens doors for a lot of us um to work in the media and to have that representation I think it's got still got a long way to go but I think it is an improvement from what it has been so yeah it was great to see it as well yeah like there's like there's like especially acceptance I think with uh certain things because like it's it's all kind of like maybe on TV shows, maybe like Britain's Got Talent and the X Factor or even just shows like that where if you maybe have a meltdown I don't think they accept it. Um Yeah. Um like if you have a meltdown about something you have to have a little break. That they'll just think you can't do it because your autism's playing up or, or something like that, which isn't the case. Um, and I think, like with re- re- reality TV, it's not all what we see it. They they cut a lot of things out, don't they? And mm. um, it's not as as we would see it, which is unfortunate. But uh, I, I guess they do it because they maybe want to make it shorter or or something. But yeah, uh, definitely more things like that um, are better. Um, I think but hopefully we get more hopefully we get more of that in the future with autism yeah I hope so too I like what you touched on it's also like don't just celebrate our achievements and our successes like and not expect to you know support our struggles I think that's important like yes celebrate our successes and achievements but please don't use us as inspiration porn because we're just living our like daily lives as autistic people but also like please like um support you know our struggles and listen to our voices I think that's also important as well yeah definitely and I I think it's I think that's the most important thing that like you talk about like um good times and bad times like it's not always going to be fun um like with, with autism like I think getting diagnosed in the first place is a it's not easy, is it? Like, uh, like, like when no. you got when you got diagnosed, Olivia. How, how do you remember? Like, how you felt? Like, what what your feeling was when you got that diagnosis? Um. Well, throughout the whole process, firstly, <laughs> yeah. it's very anxiety inducing because it's like I did. I was self-diagnosed 
for like two and a half years. So I went for this research hours and months and nearly years of research and self-diagnosis. And then when I got to the point of being assessed, it was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, I know I'm autistic, but I'm also scared of someone telling me that I'm not autistic, even though I am. But when I did get the diagnosis to answer your question, I felt like a a sense of relief, like, oh, like this all makes sense. Like, um, like I understand now. And I cried actually, like I got told by the um, person that assessed me, oh, like congratulations, you're autistic. And I mean, I was hoping I would hear that anyway, but my, my reaction was, wait, really? I'm like, okay, like, okay. And I started crying and I was, she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. Um, But I think the thing, like, I did feel that kind of elation and like, um, I felt a sense of belonging to the autistic community anyway, as a self-diagnosed person. Um, But for me, I just wanted that validation of a, um, a diagnosis but I know it's not always accessible to people um so it is a privilege to have a diagnosis but at the same time when you do get a formal diagnosis you are just like left and with no support which is kind of the hard thing um and even I've heard from people who neither were diagnosed neither were autistic from when they were younger like when they turn 18 they're literally just like left to like with no support so I think the hard thing after being diagnosed is you have like a sense of like oh elation but you're left with no support but there is also a mixture of feelings because there's like happiness but then there's grief for the um person that you were hiding through masking and just fear of being yourself because when you were yourself you were rejected by society and others and I think there's also a sense of anger so there is a lot of different emotions that go through processing a um late autism diagnosis yeah definitely and I I think it's it just it does take a little bit of time to get a hold of like what is it like if you know what it is before that may be an advantage but if you don't um it, it may be a little bit harder to understand what it is um because it, there's so many different ways that you can feel like when you are diagnosed, um, depending on how long you've been maybe trying to get that diagnosis. Because as we mm. know, getting diagnosed is tough. It's, it's not easy is it, to get diagnosed with autism. It, no, it's not. It's, it, it, it's, very, it's, it's not. And um, like I was diagnosed when I was nine and um, yeah. I, I didn't accept it at all um like uh, it was when I was maybe just uh I was at primary school what's I was well, well, when I, uh, yeah I was, I, was, I was at primary school and um whatever year I was when I was in year nine I can't actually remember <laughs> um <laughs> but when I was told I, I literally thought it's a disease it's stuff it's stuff like that I, I literally mm. believed that because um nothing that no one told me I just thought because looking around in class and people know stuff I don't know, um, and it was it was difficult. It, it was a tough time, and then um, it was actually when I I didn't accept it for so long. Like even growing up um, at school, later years of my school life was actually easier. And when I actually got diagnosed with like chronic illness in 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 like Crohn's, that actually helped me talk about it more. Yeah. Um, and wow. Um, I felt having a chronic illness that it's a, it's a little bit different to autism 
because it's more like a disease than because autism, of course, isn't. But um, yeah, it's they still affect one another. I feel like autism and a chronic illness. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I take all this medication, and I go, I I nearly probably I nearly had surgery at one point. Um, and mm-hmm. I thought, hang on a minute, I, I don't care anymore. I I don't care what people think of me. Uh, like I I I just had that kind of mindset. Um, and yeah. then and then it it brought to me think like I, I well actually with autism I don't care what. Uh, people think of me with that and yeah it, it kind of helped in a way uh, when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with that in 2017 so uh, but I didn't formally speak about any of it publicly till like 2020 when the first lockdown was oh wow well it's amazing how like um you know being chronically ill has helped you to embrace your authentic artistic self as well yeah yeah, because I didn't plan to, you know, I, I didn't plan to speak about autism. Like, originally, my Instagram page was based around Crohn's and chronic illness. Like, I didn't have, and that, uh, until I saw a load of people out there talking about autism, I thought, I, I never thought autism was a thing to just speak about. I just thought people just yeah. have it. People just have it, and it's nothing you need to speak about. And then you see loads of, like, and then I saw people, and then I thought, I, was just, I might as well speak about both. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah and it is I, I do find it is easier get like um I think I think not again nowadays getting diagnosed with anything is hard work like like you have to fight to get a diagnosis like with autism you might go private you might pay to get diagnosed yeah like, um and and stuff like that I, I know I I, I think that's the I issue did, with yeah. um the like diagnosis and like wait waiting I think because the waiting list is so long now they're even longer yeah um and if, if you can't if you like if you're struggling to wait and you're being expected to wait that long it's like your only other option is to either self-diagnose or if you can go private but then going private is so expensive and not everybody has the ability to go private to get a diagnosis um unfortunately but it's just so unfortunate that the waiting list was so so long um but even in regards to when you touched on like unmasking and finally becoming your true authentic self and having that confidence I feel like unmasking um that is a hard journey in itself I feel like it is a privilege because to unmask because it's like you have to feel safe enough to unmask like in certain situations or around certain people like it's not always um going to be easy to unmask as well so I think even with unmasking like it's a privilege in itself but I think unmasking for each autistic person is a journey yeah and yeah you you just discover what you actually do like in life (laughs) and what you do enjoy and it's it's a honestly like it's a process of like rediscovering like special like interests from when you're younger as well that like, I found even and you know not hiding these interests and just being like these are my interests and this is what I do like and enjoy and it's a case of mm. um I don't know if you'd agree but learning to say no sometimes <laughs> yeah. and um just like not doing things that you don't enjoy and it's but inside doing things that you do enjoy and just saying like I enjoy this and if I am going to for instance go to a party I might have earplugs or I might take stim breaks or take a stim tool with me or just take breaks and 
um or I might go for an hour and then like go home early and things like that and it's just about accommodating for yourself and being around people who allow you to be your true authentic self and also feeling safe enough I think to unmask as well because it's not always the case especially like in workplaces um or like a lot of us feel like we can't unmask because then we won't have our jobs or we just feel like we can't unmask around certain loved ones um which is often quite hard sometimes but yeah I think it it is a journey (laughs) it definitely is a journey you know it's so there's so much that um there's so much inside your journey as well and like like it's a bit about masking and I feel like actually um there's masking within like um chronic illness as well um I think uh, a different way it might be I, I remember when I was at school and I was in year 11 at school when I was diagnosed with chronic illness like Crohn's. Oh wow that's young isn't it? Um, yeah um, and it was during like exams and everything at, uh, at this time um, and I was in like doing drama, I was doing uh, English, doing math but I I, I transferred from like, a mainstream school to like a, like, a special needs school um, so that, that actually helped within my education um for people to understand me a bit better um but I felt like I did go in when I was in a lot of pain and I mm. guess that's masking with chronic illness I guess yeah. um because I did I, I people asked me if I'm okay and uh I would just say yeah and I was holding my belly even though that, that that's where the pain was inside but you can't do anything mm. about that like I, I got asked do, do you want to go to do the library to sit for a little bit do you want to go have a like go to um like a tablet or painkiller and I said painkiller won't help unfortunately um and the reason I don't want to go in library is because whenever a teacher would go in library normally they would just ask you why am I why are you there and I and I couldn't I, I didn't have the strength to be asked questions like that um yeah um because I'd either I, I'd get probably on maybe a little bit nasty not because of the like the, the asking me just because I'm in so much pain and you know when you are in pain, you don't really want to talk to anyone. Um, it's hard. Um, so, um, yeah, I didn't want to do that. Um, and the reason I went in, because I knew I was going to have to catch up anyway. There was going to be a time where I couldn't go in anymore. And and I was. But, yeah, I guess that that's the masking with a chronic illness, where you just, you just like, similar to autism, really, but just with autism, not the pain and chronic illness that it does. Yeah, no, definitely I agree with that. Like, um, yeah, I think it's like people ask that, how are you? And sometimes it's easy to say, oh, I'm okay, instead of like, oh, I'm in pain. And then sometimes like, I even forget that like other people don't feel pain all the time. Because sometimes people are like, oh, you're okay? And I'm like, yeah, how how are you pain-wise? And they're like, huh, what do you mean pain-wise? I'm like, oh. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I don't feel pain all the time. And you're like, oh, really? Um, so it's like one of them and like the masking of chronic illness sometimes it is just easier to um, push through and unfortunately it can be detrimental to our health as chronic ill people um, but at the same time I think with a chronic illness you have to learn that you can't always do things unfortunately like you did before you were chronically ill and maybe it's a case of saying oh I can't socialise today or I can't do this Um just because you have to rest and I think resting as a chronically ill person it's so different to resting as someone who isn't chronically ill like it's completely different 
Um, and also, like, I feel there needs to be more understanding around um, panic illness, really, yeah. in society. I don't even think we're there yet at all. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's a completely different vote to, like, the understanding of an autism, isn't it? Like, chronic illness. Um, but they are very similar in ways that I feel autism um, and chronic illness. And, like, I feel like, like in the RDNA, perhaps, like, they are connected in some way. Because like 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 we said before, like a lot of, we find a lot of people have like chronic illness and, and autism. Yeah. Um. E- e- even though one's a disease and one's not. Um. But but yeah, like you say, I, I do think there's so there's lots more needs to be done for like acceptance for chronic illness because like if you need if like in, in, like there's there's been situations where like in and and toilets like in the um. Like, like 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 you'd you you get looked at for maybe using a um a, a toilet mm-hmm. um like um but I think they're getting uh, I I like you know those toilets actually like we have to pay I, I like I don't think that that they should be I uh like especially like if you go on holiday somewhere like they have those toilets down there where you you have to put money in to actually use them. Um, oh yeah well the train station ones as well sometimes yeah yeah I think I I think they're not the best because especially for if you're chronically ill you might not have the strength or even the power or even the money to actually use one which is a human right really isn't it it's human human right we we, we were born to go to the toilet so (laughs) exactly yeah yeah even like in regards to that as well like around um invisible disability like um like you said like using the disabled toilets um even like I have ME so like even on public transport going to sit in a priority seat um sometimes like you, you do get like a few looks like people like why you sat there um like looking they don't have to say it but their looks enough um and I think especially around in invisible disabilities like yes you can be disabled and yes you might not be able to tell but like you don't people don't have the right to be like why you sat there or like why do you need to use this disabled toilet I think or why you parked in this parking space it's like there are invisible disabilities and invisible illnesses and people do have a right to use um these spaces so I think even just awareness and understanding around that would be so helpful Definitely, and there's lots of misconceptions about it as well. Like, I think people misplace that people with like a disability or 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 have a chronic illness are not just old people. I think that that's what a lot of yeah. people think, or like vulnerable people are just old people. Um, yeah. uh, and that's not the case. Like, like you speak about parking. Um, that there was a situation like uh, a good few years ago. I think it was either wait. I think it was wait tooth car park. Um. Wetrose car park, and um, I was in disabled bay, um, in in the car, and you got this person like um, maybe older person, that is like saying um, like you can't, uh, you do know that's all disabled people, and I said yeah, I know, I do know that. Uh, um, I I asked him why, and said like uh, you're you're not disabled, are you? And then, said, yeah, I I am. I am disabled. I, I I may not look it to you, but I may be but because I, I think that people may think that like if you can't talk or 
like 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 you're older. It's it's I don't I think that's the bad misconceptions yeah. about it because like we don't have to look it to be it. Yeah, it's just so rude. And I think it's just tiring to have to justify um your disability to people who are just ableist and so ignorant. And it's like when you get told, Oh, you're too young to be sick like how is that even a thing um you're not too young to be sick or too young to be disabled um and it's just things like that and it's just having that understanding around yes there are invisible disabilities but it's like um it's even like you know that when you say you're autistic as well and people like oh you don't look autistic i hate to break it to you but autism doesn't have a look um it's like what does autism look like to you i don't understand when people say like oh you don't look autistic um but just because I'm not now having a meltdown and you see me, I'm not having a meltdown. I don't look autistic. So it's, it's like, um, what do you want? If, if you know what I mean, sometimes. I think um, I think these neurotypicals and people that don't know of autism, I think their ideal person that as an autistic person is either a person, like you say, that's maybe having a meltdown or a person that can't speak. Or like struggles can't mm. can't speak. I think that that's the person's ideal, or just a person that they picture to be an autistic person. Yeah, because we can communicate. It's just we like. I think it's almost like us autistic people have our, our own language. I think we 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 have our own language in society, and that's how we we it's like we have we have it's just our own way and like. Um, I did. I, I used to get affected by what people did think when I was younger, but like, um, and then I maybe copy people a lot, especially in school. If I was maybe doing mm. maths or something, I didn't know. I, I I would just copy them just so I wouldn't. I I wouldn't get questioned like in class. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, but it is yeah definitely a long way to go with like autism and um chronic illness because the good thing I like about a chronic illness is there's so many out there like um there's so many different ones isn't there like um I know people that have multiple as well and it's I think it's great like there's so much to learn about like um like we have different chronic illnesses but we have some similar things that we can relate to I think I like yeah that's the thing I like about it Yeah, I think even like, you know, with um, Neurodiversity Celebration Week this week, a lot of people are learning that neurodiversity is not just autism and ADHD, it's a massive umbrella, like you've got epilepsy, dyspraxia, anxiety, like the it, the list is like endless. And um, yeah, it's, it's great to see that neurodiversity is being celebrated um but I also think yes celebrate it but also accept people's struggles and offer that support and listen to people's reasonable adjustments meet them and help people in the workplaces and venues help your spaces be more accessible to neurodivergent people and yeah help us have opportunities and pay us for things (laughs) as well (laughs) It's something I think many people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree. And like, like, like with ne- ne- neurodiversity, ne- neurodivergent. Uh, I think I discovered these words like a couple of years ago. Not, not. It's not. It's been. It hasn't been around long. Long. Um, like, like the terms of them, and I think it's great because it 
it's better than other words that maybe we should be using. Like, I think it's better to be using these kind of words. They're more up, up, good words to use. Like you say, yeah. like, like uh, it's like a it's like an umbrella of so many other things as well, not just autism. Like you, like you have, like like you say, ADHD, epilepsy, and dyspraxia, dyslexia. There's so many, and like I learn about them all the time. And and like you say, like a lot of people have. I find I not just chronic illness, but a lot of people have autism. They will have something else as well. They won't just have autism on their own. I find. In years to come, they might have autism and ADHD, autism, dyslexia, autism, yeah. autism, dyspraxia. Um, and yeah, I know a few people do have autism and dyspraxia. And I've only, I only learned recently what actually dyspraxia is. So it's good that we have this kind of community because there's so much talked about within neurodiversity. Um, and I think it's great because um, there's so much to talk about. And yeah, I, I, I wish there was a lesson in school about it. About autism and um even if it was like in PSSHE or something like that where five minutes a day or ten minutes a day everyone yeah. learned a little bit about what neurodiversity is or autism or something along those lines I think that would be great to have that um education in school so other children are aware like if your peer is struggling with x y and z this might be why um don't judge don't just bully and don't do this but actually learn to have some understanding and some respect but people people should have that anyway but I mean it would be definitely very helpful in schools to have that as well yeah yeah I think. yeah do you do you do, do you think with like you got diagnosed when you were 25 um yeah um two years ago did you do you think that was like the ideal age to get diagnosed or do you think you would have rather been diagnosed maybe when you was younger like what do you think about that I always say that like I'm grateful to have been diagnosed in my 20s because some people don't I think it's late but some people like it's not late um but I, I do have times where I'm like I wish I knew when I was younger because it would have helped me in school a lot um and in certain situations because I was bullied in school so maybe it would have helped me to understand there's not anything wrong with me my brain is just wired differently um and yeah it would have helped me in a lot of situations I went to a secondary school and basically they tried to they said they were anti-bullying and I was bullied quite a lot throughout the years and they basically said to me that I either go to a new form in class or I either go to another school and I said no I'm not being pushed out of this school um but I think it's just funny that in a way that children other children um, but like saw that I was different before anybody else so it led to I was diagnosed late but children know he's a bully if that makes sense yeah. um, and I saw a post that on Instagram the other day like children discover <laughs> basically discover he's different from an early age and know he's a bully and um, before the professionals he diagnosed um, mm. he was autistic um, and it's just things like if maybe if teachers were more aware of neurodiversity and, and autism, maybe then, yes, I would have been diagnosed earlier. I don't know. Um, I was a child born in the 90s, so it wasn't really talked about then in the 90s and the early 2000s and things like that. No, no. Um, no but, yeah, sometimes I do wish I was diagnosed earlier. Um, but, yeah, I am grateful for my diagnosis. I'm a self-diagnosis, so, so yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's good you got any end. It's, 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 it's good that you got there. Um, because I know, like you said, lots of people now around 2023, we're in 2023, can't believe it. But <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Um, like, like I find nowadays people will get more diagnosed around maybe your age, like the age you got diagnosed, or around this age or older. I find it really rare now to find. Um, I find it really rare for someone to get diagnosed. Uh, I find it really rare for someone to get diagnosed. Maybe when I like the age I was diagnosed nine. Um, I I don't see that anymore. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, and when I did was diagnosed, I I, I mean I was bullied as well. I, I was bullied in school. I was bullied in primary school and secondary school and I was bullied most of my primary school life and I'll tell teachers about it and they'll be like have you heard of the the boy who cried wolf and uh back oh there my God. um and and then I'll say oh and then they would and then teachers and, and and then you wonder why people don't tell teachers and uh because most of the time they tend to make it worse because they'll that you you tell someone yeah. off who's been bullying you. That they'll talk to the bully, and the bully will probably deny it all, and maybe get a time out, detention or something, for the break, and it, and it just gets worse. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't think that, like I did the, the only thing I liked about the primary school I went to was um that there was a football coach and we did football uh, and I I helped him out and and after my school life, which which was great, it, it was good fun. But but yeah, I got bullied there, and then I didn't get understood at my secondary school, which was main a like mainstream where it was very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like some teachers there, though. Funny enough, I liked probably all the maths teachers. They were really understanding, and me and one math teacher were leaving on the same day. We were kind of happy about it, <laughs> and <laughs> I and because like as you can imagine, a mainstream school is really big and a bigger environment. Um. I was, I did, I kept it really quiet that I was leaving, so I only told the people that it was necessary to tell, um, and then I get some kind of party do or something. I didn't want it. I literally didn't want it. I just wanted to yeah. leave. I I I just want my day to be quiet. And then I got all these people coming up to me saying, "You're leaving. You're leaving. You're leaving." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then yeah, and then and then head of year, head teacher. Um, had a year it was called back then because it's big, uh, big place. Uh, they, they say, are you going to come back and visit? Um, and said, um, yeah, of course. But I, I say that then, well, maybe a bit sarcastically because I didn't, I wasn't going to say no, I'll just get questioned. Um, <laughs> but, but now I kind of think maybe I meant that because I wouldn't mind going back to see what is it any different to accepting people with autism? Because yeah, I know at mainstream schools, people who have autism, maybe not getting diagnosed. Or it's it's hard to get into a school that specialises with autism mm-hmm. or maybe neurodiversity, shall we say? Because it's it's like a whole spectrum. Like uh, when I when I did trans, I was gonna say transform, but <laughs> uh, when I did <laughs> when I did transition to special school it, it was hard you know it's, it's hard straight away it wasn't easy so I was a new kid like it's not easy being yeah. a new kid and I tried to be funny 
No one was laughing. <laughs> I, I was I, I, I was thinking I was the Joker at school. So I, I just made me lose concentration. I lose concentration very easily. To say someone's talking to me about something, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm talking about yeah. whatever they're talking about, and then, and then, and then, you know what it's like in school. The teacher say, if 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 they spot you talking, they'll ask you a question. What the actual lessons about? And then I'm lost. Yeah, they're um, awful for that, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and but you know, when I was at school, I always felt that they picked on the good kids. Let's say, like maybe the people that actually were doing well in class. Um, and the one time they would lose concentration. They would say something to you. They, they would say maybe, um, "What page are we on?" or, or something like that. They, it, it was really bizarre why they would do that. But yeah, I, I just felt that happened a lot um, during school. Yeah, yeah. Like sorry, you were bullied as well, and it's awful what that teacher said to you about the boy who cried wolf. I think some teachers are just um, not great, and also like they tend to like overlook. The struggles of pupils are like, oh, that pupil's quiet, they're not struggling with anything. That pupil's quite compliant, they're not struggling. And it's like, or like they um call certain pupils naughty. And it's like, well, maybe you actually need to look into what this student is struggling with and ask. Maybe if you ask, you would know. <laughs> and it's just a shame that some teachers are like that. Unfortunately, not all of them are like that, thank goodness. There yeah. are some amazing teachers out there. Um, um, let's just say that there are some pretty amazing teachers who do bend over backwards to, you know, look out for children who are um, marginalised or ostracised and picked on and do do their best to advocate for them students Yeah. Um, and try and make learning fun <laughs> in yeah. school less daunting. So there are them teachers out there in primary school and secondary school um but at the same time I think um it would also be great if actually autistic people could go into schools and deliver training on neurodiversity on autism ADHD and just you know so teachers have that understanding from personal experience of an actually autistic and actually neurodiverse person and they can actually look for signs that students may be struggling with certain things and look for um, signs of autism and ADHD and be like, oh, right, I got that now and have the confidence to support their students in ways because we don't learn the same way. No one learns the same way anyway, but especially if you have an autistic brain, you're not going to learn the same as someone whose brain isn't autistic and that is neurotypical so I think it's important for schools to understand that not everyone learns reading out of a book and learns sitting down and um, we learn in different ways some people may need to stim to help with concentration some people just you know may need to have more breaks and things like that and we do learn in different ways because he doesn't and I think it will just be important to for teachers and for schools to understand that I think yeah I, I, I completely agree like the early 2000s I don't think teachers knew what they were doing, but <laughs> um, um, like the the early two thousands, like I don't know, it, I don't know what making school is like nowadays, um, but um, but especially in that kind of environment, uh, which is they would teach the class as a whole, 
So, so like, wouldn't they, 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 they? So say you're talking about algebra or something, or or something, whatever you're talking about in the class, and they 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 yeah. a teacher at the front would expect everyone in the class um to know what you're talking about. Like, they should get on mm-hmm. with it, and that's what it was like. Um, like the early two thousands, you you get on with it, and I remember in primary school. I had this teacher that no one wanted. No one wanted this teacher um, because of how strict there was. And the fu- the funny thing is, my brother, like, I, 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 I'm I, 21 and my brother's in his 30s. So we're like 10 year gap. And we both yeah. had the same teacher at different time periods at the same primary school. Um, and my brother was fortunate to have this teacher twice. I, I had it once. <laughs> and the year after, or year or two after, when I was in year six, because you leave primary school year six, don't you? Um, and I and I had this teacher in year four, and they retired the same year. I was actually leaving the school, and I thought, <laughs> and and then the reason we didn't this teacher was not liked because she wouldn't really understand us. Um, so there was a situation that I never get the situation. I was panicking, like I think maybe I was really panicking. I've I've never show my panic really I would always hide it like I was masking but I just couldn't this yeah. time I, I just got to that stage so what this teacher would do and you know and you had this times table list so you you go to her you go to the teacher and you practice your timetable to get stickers and stuff but there was a situation in a lesson where I was daydreaming I daydream all the time like especially the stuff that I'm not interested in and Especially if you, you don't feel like you're learning anything. Um, so what happened was the teacher asked me, Mason, what is so-and-so times so-and-so times so-and-so? I don't remember the question because it was in year four and that was a long time ago. But it was something like that. <laughs> um, and I guessed. I had no clue what it was. I had I'd people whispering the answer to me and then... I, I, I they got it wrong at all. So I, 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 I um, so basically, I spent so long answering. So you know when you're someone answers asks you a question, and I spent a lot long time, and then and then you just like Mason, you've got ten seconds to answer this question. If you don't answer in this ten seconds, you've got to go out. You you've got to go out out the class. Um. And I was panicking. I was like, oh, I, 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 I never get a time out. I'm, I'm always good. Um, and then I get that, like, she, and, then, and then she says, I've got three tries. It's almost for, like, being on the cube. Um, if, you ever, if, you, if you ever watched the cube on telly, where you you have those I nine have, lives. Yeah, I used to love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you have nine lives. And if you, if you lose a life, you're down one. Um, and I literally thought I was in that experience. But back then, I never watched the cube. Well, I... I was too young to watch the cube, I think. But but now I that's how I imagine this situation. So I get the first answer wrong, and then I get the second answer wrong. And I think, oh oh no, I've got one more try and then I'm out. <laughs> and I, I, I was panicking. Oh, you could say I'm stimming in a way, rocking back and forward a little bit, and I was, I was sweating. And I had this last I had this last chance, and I laugh about this situation now because I just find it funny. But at the time, it, it was horrible. Uh, and then I got that answer. Yeah, I can imagine. That last answer, I got it right. I did get it right. I thought, yes. And I said, and you can imagine what the teacher would be like. She just said, why don't you just stay in the first place? And said, I didn't know. I was, it was a, that was a guess. I, I guessed that. Yeah. And I got it right. But but yeah, like the, the how strict the teachers were, maybe early, the early 2000s that I had. Um, <coughs> 
especially that one. Like, um, and for, funny enough, we went. I, I went on a, um, you know, those trips that you can go to different events around, like, like the country. Like, I, th I think one was to Covent Garden in London once. Um, I, I went to this trip in um, Covent Gardens, and that was in. I think it was twenty twenty or no, it would have been twenty twenty one. I think, um, and this teacher was there. You couldn't oh, afford no. it. You can, uh, of course, I'm older. I, I like I was a lot older, and I don't. She might not remember me as much, but uh, I said, "Yeah, you're doing all right. You're doing all right." It, it was actually quite funny. It's quite funny when you see teachers that you've gone to school or you've had a long time ago. It is, yeah. Um, but but yeah, that 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 is that, and that, now I just laugh about it. That I, I but. But you know, I don't know about when you was at primary school, Olivia. But when you would have, ever have assembly, I would always sit on the floor, like you know, like on on the on the floor. I don't know if you experienced that, like in your schools, like you'd have to sit on the floor when you do assemblies and that. Yeah, we had to sit on the floor from like year one to year four, I think, or three. And then when you were in like juniors, you could sit on the bench because you were like a big kid, like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, I mean, I used to get told off a lot in school for stim. Now I know what it was like stimming. Like I'd like move my hands a lot, hum and like sing. Um, and you used to get told like, oh, stop distracting the class or stop doing that. And I think maybe like teachers shouldn't tell you off for certain things, like not so harshly, like you were saying. Mm. Um, maybe just be like, oh, can you stop doing that? Or like, I mean, not even because sometimes like just moving your hands like how is that distracting the class it's not really it's helping me to concentrate but obviously I know that now in hindsight um but yeah I mean in regards to things like that yeah just if they had a bit more understanding and weren't so harsh or something um, but yeah like sitting on the floor even now well growing up anyway and as as an adult now I still prefer sitting on the floor I'm sat in my bed at the moment but I still prefer sitting on the floor to sitting on a chair I always have and um, I did used to get told off by like my grandma why are you always sat on the floor sat on the chair but I just find it more comfortable to be honest and I know a lot of um, fellow autistic people do too um yeah. just feel a bit more grounded sat on the floor I guess I don't know. yeah just more comfortable yeah <laughs> awkward chair yeah I I remember I got a few timeouts in, in primary school and it, it's, it's weird because they call them timeouts when I was at primary, uh, primary like <clears throat> like early education, but then as soon as you get into um, mainstream or later on, you it's called a detention. Um, and then yeah, yeah it, I find that I find that bizarre, like oh, with the name changes. But um, but yeah, I I completely agree. I think like I think it would be nice, like you say, just to go into schools and the, the, like us autistic people just to the do different things around it um and uh, like do some sessions or something just to give people a, a little glimpse mm. of what it's like for us yeah definitely yeah. i think it would be great to have the opportunity to do that yeah yeah i i i always say because i'll be speaking about we always we spoke about special interests like um and stuff how it like from maybe childhood to now that we still like them um and like one I actually relates to autism for me uh, it is Doctor Who but 
a term in it is it says it says uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff, and I kind of think the whole spectrum is like that because people don't understand, do they? And like uh, you say, it's like a, a big ball wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. I think that's a really good yeah. um thing to say about it all. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Because it, it literally is a big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wobbly stuff. Even that that means nothing to a load of people, but it just <laughs> it, it just it it just kind of summarizes it, I guess. <laughs> Which is it could be quite funny. Like what 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 kind of interest do you have, Olivia? Like like do you have any what interest do you have? I have a few, um, <laughs> so. Um, Marilyn Monroe is one of mine. Autism. I like fifties and sixties music as well. Um, skincare is this interest like that started at around eleven, twelve. So yeah, um, I mean, it's quite a few things. Um, but sometimes I do like dive in and out of them, and sometimes I'm more interested in ones over certain ones, and I come back to them. And then, like, I do have a few hyperfixations as well, like drawing, which I dabble in and all of. So, huh? but yeah, I do like having interests. <laughs> I think they were overlooked as well when I was young because they were like, oh, you just like that. But it's like, yeah, but I know, like, the birth date of the person, where they were born, everything like that <laughs> in detail. So, um, yeah, but I do like having interests. Same. I I love all those interests. They're, they're really interesting ones. Like, um, but I remember, you know, in primary school, um, I would play Doctor Who. I would literally get a few friends, um, and say, "I'm I'm so and so. You be that and that, and we we'll just play in the playground." Um, and literally, yeah. no one liked it though. I think they just did it just to make me happy, <laughs> because literally early two thousands, no one liked Doctor Who in my school. Literally, no one. And I thought, really? Like, is it just me that like likes this? And then now I'm older. I, loads of I know loads of people that like it. Um, yeah. Um, and it's crazy. Like, like people didn't like it in two thousands when it was actually probably because it was just started again, perhaps. Um, because it only like two thousand and five. I I started watching it when I was five. Um, like I should have probably done that, but because <laughs> I was <laughs> I was scared or hiding under the bed and stuff. Well, I wasn't hiding under the bed, kind of scared of what was underneath the bed, even though yeah. it's nothing. Um, but but yeah, I, I that, that that's one of my special interests. I like football as well. I do like football, um, and I do like collecting teddies. Uh, that, that, that's a really like hyper fixation of mine. Like yeah. I'll, I'll go anywhere. Like if it's a zoo, if it's uh, a football stadium shop, um, or if it's just anything like like back there I have a few but that's only a few of them oh yeah I can see them yeah um that's I just love collecting them um and I guess like I was in Liverpool like last year um and I I went to um the Doctor Who experience but I also went to Liverpool Stadium um because I might as well because I was there um and then I went into the club shop and I collected this the the mascot teddy. I always like to collect the mascot teddies wherever I go. And then I wanted to have a picture. <laughs> I, I had a picture, but I I, just, I, want, I was masking at the same time. I think uh, I think whenever I collect a teddy or something, I'll mask because I don't like to see it because 
I'm a grown adult. I don't want people to think that, like, um, I'm, I'm like that. But I, I guess I just get ashamed of myself sometimes when I do that because it's not, it's not every day someone will say that, like, they collected, that they like to do that at their age, maybe. Yeah, I feel like um, we're made to feel like our interests are childish. But I don't think they are, like, it's just an interest, like, it's not childish. Um, with the collecting teddies thing, I love that. I used to collect teddies when I was younger, and then I stopped because I was made to feel, like, the same, like, oh, why are you collecting that stuff that you're too old for that? But it's like, what? Too old for what? Like, you're never too old for anything. It's <laughs> like, so you went to ask someone, you're too old to, like, Disney, like, what? You know, you're never too old to, like, anything. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like, embrace your interests because you have them for a reason and don't be ashamed of them even if people make you feel ashamed of liking and having certain interests like don't be ashamed like embrace them and I think it takes a lot of strength doesn't it and confidence to be able to do that like you said definitely and um, I I have a load of teddies but I always sleep with the one that I treasure the most probably the first one I ever yeah. had um and that is actually a mascot of Manchester United um, because growing up, I, I loved Man United. I, I went to Manchester when I was younger, um, like to see a football game and, and everything. And um, I, I I get upset sometimes when when people say um, oh, my teddy's ugly, like um, because it's a devil. <laughs> I understand why because it's like it's a red devil, but um, I, it's it's upsetting sometimes. Like um. Me and, my, me and my brother have a little few arguments about that sometimes because we just say it to each other's teddy because he had his own one and, and I have mine um, and we just laugh at it and I say, hey, yours is ugly, not mine. <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's great to have those interests. that Like all things that you collect, I think like there was a time period actually I was like you. Yeah. Um, I would stop collecting them um, because I... Um, Sorry, it broke up a bit there. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> In... Yeah, I was, I was just saying, Olivia, about my... Uh, I was like, you when you said about, like, you stopped for a little bit, to, like, like collecting that stuff, like, I was, yeah. I was the same. But then I just started again, I guess. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's easier to start up again. But, but yeah, I, 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 I understand what you do. Yeah. Even when you mention like sleeping with Teddy, I still sleep with a bunny. It's not my childhood one; it's a jelly cat one. I find them they're expensive, but soft. <laughs> but um, like yeah, I think you know, like comfort items are not childish. Like I have this um plushy <laughs> question. Oh. It was in Aldi the other week, and I bought it, and I was like, it said three plus, and I was like, I hate when they put ages on things like that. Um, it lights up, and I'm just like, why put an age on it? It's not childish in me as an adult to go and buy it if I want to walk around with it 
like I'll just hold it I mean I can do that so yeah I, I don't like it when they have these labels on them you know like these labels that like like um that you can't take off um well like you do in clothes but they sometimes put that on like cushions and teddies as well um but yeah but it's, it's it's good you bought it that though. Like it's 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 good because like it's good to get these things like um just because they're comfort items like you say. They they are really cool, um, but but yeah, um, lot lo, last few things Olivia because we've spoken about a lot. We spoke about Teddy. We spoke about school interests, cracking on his autism, um. Is there anything like maybe advice or you have autism or chronic illness or both that um that you have um like just to share um at all? Sorry, please can you repeat it? Broke up again. Yeah, that's fine. I was I I just said do do, 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 do I can't go over that now. <laughs> <laughs> um um I just said do you have any advice maybe for autism or chronic illness or both um before we finish um yeah so my advice to anyone who thinks that they might be autistic is to definitely have a look on Instagram and um look at the personal accounts of autistic people and get information from there um, go on YouTube as well. Listen to actual autistic people if you can relate to things. Like write it down. Do your research. Um, because self-diagnosis doesn't just happen overnight. And if you want to self-diagnose, that's fine. It's valid. I support self-diagnosis. I think yeah, definitely. If you think you're autistic, definitely like look into it. Um, and explore it. And yeah, definitely look into it. And I think if you're autistic and you're trying to unmask I think give yourself some grace and don't go straight into unmasking like I try to do <laughs> um, give yourself some time to you know understand what your stims are what you know your favorite stims are what things that you do like and understand what you don't like how to accommodate yourself and if you want to use earplugs use them if you want to use air defenders noise cancelling headphones use them do whatever you need to do to make things easier for you as well and um yeah just connect with other autistic people because I think it's the best thing that you can do I feel like the autistic community to me it feels like home I've never felt like I've belonged my whole life until I found the autistic community um so like definitely I'd recommend getting involved with the autistic community and yeah um speaking to a few people on there as well on Instagram um in regards to chronic illness um, my advice would be to advocate for yourself, especially it's definitely hard to get a diagnosis with chronic illness. Um, and it would just be to, I think the same thing again, like give yourself some grace and if you need to rest, rest, but don't feel guilty for resting if you can't do certain things. Um, yeah, and just, yeah, that would be my advice really, I think. That's great advice, Olivia, because uh, I completely agree. With like with that and like the autism community has helped so many people. Um, helped it's helped me to to actually speak about my journey a little bit and 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 it's helped you as well. So it, it's good because 
it's it's good to talk about maybe more than one thing, like maybe autism and been having having a chronic illness as well. It's good yeah. to it's good to talk about both because you have maybe not just one community, you have another community to be involved in as well. Um as well. Definitely. Which is great because both have similarities between communities where things does need to be improved. I definitely um a long way to go. But uh, like the more we talk about our stories, the more mm. hopefully that will help people to talk about theirs. Um, because as we know, it takes time. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, well, thanks, Olivia. It's been it's been great to speak to you on the podcast today. Um, I've I've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. Yeah, thank you for having me. I have enjoyed it. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, and to anyone listening today, I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Um. And please let me know if you do have autism and chronic illness as well, because like like, like me and Olivia said today, um, it's quite common. It is it is quite common now for for people to have be autistic or neurodiverse, shall we say, um, and have some sort of chronic illness. Um, could sum me out there. So thank you again, Olivia. Um, and I hope you have a nice weekend. Red Nose Day because it's currently Red Nose Day today. Um, but um, when it's go out, it won't be Red Nose Day. But <laughs> enjoy Red Nose Day now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thanks. enjoy it, guys. And thank you, Mason. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Olivia. <laughs>